It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Miami's playoff bound on Christmas Eve, and for the first time in 759 days, the Cowboys are now on a two-game losing streak as Jason Sanders went 5-for-5, making field goals of 57, 52, 54, 35, and that game-winning 29-yard field goals. The Cowboys lose 22-20. They're now 3-5 and away from AT&T Stadium. They're 10-5 and on the season, and they got to go home and pray to Santa that the New York Giants are able to upset the Philadelphia Eagles if they want any hope of hosting a home playoff game and winning the division. A uh, heartbreaker in Miami, Dak Prescott leads the Cowboys on a 17-play, 69-yard drive that ended in an 8-yard touchdown strike to Brandon Cooks in the corner. And the defense that, Brian, I think if we would have said, hey, you hold the Dolphins to 22 points, you say you win that game. But a Damone Clark penalty, which continues to be an issue for this team, terrible penalties at terrible times, is giving the Dolphins free yardage. And unfortunately, they weren't able to get the stop when they needed it most. And now Miami's 11-4 and four and 7-1 and one at home. Yeah, unfortunately, though, you uh, – man, it's, it's tough because they really didn't have Moster for the majority of that game. And then they also didn't have Waddle, yeah. you know, for that. So they were they were finding a way. And then their backup offensive line, uh, you know, the linemen that were involved, it, you know, they did a nice job. I, I think, to be honest with you, the, the Dolphins probably won this one on special teams today. And you talk about the made field goals, but their punter was outstanding too. Sure was. Because Dallas gets a stop and then, you know, all of a sudden they're pinned inside their, you know, two-yard line uh, and – don't go anywhere. Gain one yard and then have to punt the ball back to to Miami there. But yeah, you you, you know in this type of game, the the Dolphins did exactly what they needed to do with uh, with their uh, with their lineup being compromised. Some of their best players being compromised. You know, I, I think Dallas playing de- on defense. I don't know if they could play any better with maybe some pressures. What they had the one sack. Uh, you know, you felt like that maybe there, but the way the ball was coming out. You know, and they were they were just you could tell they were so concerned with the speed of Hill, the way that they were, you know, you know, even even when he had the ball in space and was running, you could see guys just freezing, you know, worrying about that, you know, his explosiveness there and all that. But yeah, this game came down to to your inability to uh, you know, the fumble was so horrible after, you know, driving fifteen Man. plays. And then you had the three punts that I mentioned as well that that you know, the, where those were just empty drives where you couldn't do anything as, as well. And then, you know, you got down in their area and had to kick field goals instead of scoring touchdowns. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you had such a good opening drive to start that game. You had the fumble. Uh, and then after the first touchdown to C.D. Lamb, it went punt, punt, end of the half, yeah. punt. And then you were able to kick a couple of field goals, and then it ended with the uh, game-leading touchdown there late. But the inability after C.D. Lamb was darn near just uncoverable and giving Miami fits. And I understand, you know, Jalen Ramsey and him got to match up a little bit more, but it wasn't constant. C.D. certainly had Xavier Howard on him and Cahoo and, you know, other Dolphins defenders. There was a couple of times maybe they bracketed him, but 
you can't go basically a quarter and a half without getting your best player in the offense. No, I think you're absolutely right about that. I know Bobby Belt. Bobby, you with us today? You joined us on this uh, broadcast. Uh, you were mentioning it throughout the 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 you know as we were watching the game all together. Uh, you know how how can you go through this game and not target C.D. Lamb enough? Yeah, I don't understand the decision to move away from because it was especially when he had Kahu on him. It was something where they were able to take such advantage of it early on. I mean, that second drive, it was just bang, bang, right on top of those. You scored quickly. It looked like it was going to be a long day for their secondary. Yeah. And then you go essentially two and a half quarters without targeting him again. Right. I mean, literally not even a target. It didn't look like he was, it's not like he was just covered up the entire time. It looked like a lot of times he wasn't included early in the progressions. I don't know what they were looking at. That to me is the biggest failure of this game is the fact that you didn't include CeeDee Lamb as a priority nearly as often as you should have in those middle two quarters. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, I mean, we're sitting here watching the game, and it is just stunning. I mean, the fact that they're not getting CeeDee Lamb the ball. You can see him on the sideline frustrated at one point. He goes and he talks with Mike McCarthy. He certainly led the team in targets with 10. Next closest with Jake Ferguson with eight. Nobody else had more than two. They had no answer for him, though. But they didn't. They, it, I mean, it didn't they, matter they, who they, was on him. They didn't even try. They, you know, I mean, we'll watch the All-22. They, it didn't even appear like that they said Ram, they didn't put Ramsey over there on him. No. You know, there were some times where they were in just natural, you know, scheme coverage, but they they did they they're like, no, we're 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 cool. We're fine. <laughs> we talked about it. We said before the game, like get Lamb the the challenge today for them was gonna be figure out ways to scheme up getting Lamb up against Kahoo. Because it was something where it was like you would anticipate, all right, they're going to have to adjust to this because CeeDee Lamb is probably going to have his way with him. They didn't have to adjust to, uh, uh, you know, adjust to anything. This was a game where the Cowboys could just pick and choose who they wanted Lamb on. If they were going to put Lamb on the right side, he was going to get Howard. If they were going to put him on the left side, yeah. he was going to get uh, Ramsey. If they wanted to put him in the slot, he was going to get Kahoot. They could have picked their matchup all day, and they didn't. And the times where they did get Lamb on Kahoot, they're just it didn't look like he was a priority in the progression a lot of times. This, is a, to me, is... We'll go back and look at it, but this is a big failure to me on game planning in general. And then the other time there was, and this happened a lot, especially in the second quarter. I don't know why Dak was so slow to release. He was slow on the trigger a lot in the second quarter. I don't know if they're changing up coverages and just making him not trust what he saw, but there were several different times where it was like, this seems like an obvious moment to snap the ball. You've got Lamb in the slot, hit him on a quick slant, and they just refused to look his way again until the fourth quarter. And then what did they do? They looked his way in the fourth quarter, and they go down the field, and they score again. Yeah. I mean, any time that you had C.D. Lamb motion into the slot, and it's not Jalen Ramsey on him, which was every time because Ramsey never moved into the slot, it should have been, I am throwing the ball to C.D. Lamb. It, it, it was bizarre. I mean, yes, you're sacked four times. Clearly, your left tackle struggled with Chumea Doga in for Tyron Smith. But well, we've I, seen this team be able to draw plays where you're getting the ball out quickly. Yeah. It seemed like to me Adoga's struggles were just mental errors of not blocking. I, I don't know if Adoga in that game overall, I'm, I'm sure there were a couple of times where, but offensive linemen, that, that's going to happen in a game. But, I mean, it seemed like to me the most egregious problems were when he was sliding down inside to his to his right. Yeah, his biggest problem was recognizing who he was supposed to pick exactly. up. It was like, hey, that's your Communication? guy. Communication? Yeah, that, yeah, that was the biggest thing. Yeah. There was one time Chubb worked him pretty good With on a spin, spin move. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was, but that was overall, one time. Overall, not bad other than just failing to recognize yeah. it. And, and the last one he had was a big one. Yeah. Uh, that was the one where he failed to recognize, and then you pushed Dak back to the 10-yard line on the first and goal where they, they were trying to pass it. Ultimately, didn't burn you because you scored. But, man, it was just... A lot of communication problems and just 
a lack of recognition to take advantage of a sincere weakness it felt yeah, like that you I, yeah. had a huge advantage and you refused to take advantage of it this feels like to me there needs to be another come to jesus meeting like they've had in the past yeah. like after the san francisco game where lamb basically has to say you guys need to get me the ball when i have that big of an advantage you need to make sure that i'm a priority yeah it's a little bit disturbing that it's not uh you, you would think that you know a play caller who has a super bowl and has been doing this as long as he has would kind of know to do that um, but you're right. I mean, maybe maybe that's what it's going to take is is they need to do some soul searching. And you'll see next week when you play a team now that has won their division in Detroit and also will present problems if that can happen. Zach Wolchuk, Brian Rodis alongside now our Cowboys insider Bobby Belt, 22 to 20 uh, here on this Christmas Eve. The Dolphins beating the Cowboys on a last second field goal. 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053. The number to call, the number to text, the official postgame show of the Cowboys brought to you by Pepsi made for Cowboys watching. You know, certainly we went through, we talked about the penalties, like six penalties today. Wow. Yeah. But man, it did feel like every single one of them was it resulted in in a critical moment where you had the penalty with the illegal shift yes. brings back a run for a first down that right. sets you up inside the fifteen for Dak. Yeah. You had the roughing the passer from Micah, which then gave the Dolphins an extended drive, which resulted in a Raheem Mostert touchdown. And then you you start off defensively, you're thinking, okay, can we get a stop to win the game? Damone Clark has that face mask penalty. Turns into a 21-yard play. Absolutely. So, I mean, six penalties. I know, you know, we've talked to Stephen Jones on the flagship 105 through the fan. He'll say, okay, if you have five, overall, that's not too bad. But it's the timing in which they're getting these penalties, and a lot of them, which seems like it's just bonehead mental errors. No, it is. And, and it, it's, uh, you know, we talk about discipline, too. You know, the ability to, to not, you know, not to get those penalties when you absolutely don't need them. And, then, you know, the face mask, you're trying to hustle to the ball. But, you know, you got you to gotta play under control. You can't grab the guy's face mask. And, you know, but I, I'll say this, though, and, and people have pointed this out to me. I, I do feel terrible for Micah Parsons and what he has to deal with on a daily basis or on a game by game basis with these officials, you know, because there are several times, you know, and people have pointed him out to me. I'm like, okay, it's the way it is right now, but man, it, it is, it is so evident that, you know, a player of that magnitude doesn't draw the penalties that he draws. You know, you figure those things. And then even, you know, in, in even, you know, Greg Olson pointed out the hold on Clark mm-hmm. on the, on the, uh, on the running play. You know that hey, you can't tackle a guy like that. But that, that's these crews. If you put your if you put your game future in these officials' hands, generally some bad things are probably going to happen to you. Yeah, Michael Gelkin of the Dallas Morning News, I think, had the note. It's been thirty-seven quarters, thirty-seven yeah. quarters. That's damn near ten games with yeah. a, without a holding penalty on one of the best pass rushers in the yeah. NFL. That just seems impossible. And look, and not complaining. I mean, I'm just you no, know, no, you're, no. You're, but I mean, law of averages. Right there's no, got to be one. Saying, yeah. when, Every when, game you're seeing the when still you, shots. When you get penalties on your, when your team get, you know, you figure like, okay, the law of averages thing's going to even out. Mm-hmm. It, it it really hasn't in that regard for Michael Parsons. I mean, there's just there's zero way that Mike Parsons has gone ten games without being held no. as one of the best pass archers no. in football. That's just objectively speaking. Now, look, the the penalty, illegal shift penalty. I mean, that's, the illegal shift penalty was awful. You had the the penalty when they were backed up in their own end in the yeah. second quarter I think and then that led to the bizarre quarterback sneak for yeah. a yard or whatever they did um 
and yeah, it's not it's not all penalties. I, I mean, look, one one area that I was not anticipating today we're going to be talking about that ended up being a big deal. You let Durham Smythe kill you, yeah, for yep. for five really big catches in this game. Um, Tyreek Hill, I know you mentioned it, Brian. Um, you know they they were so clearly threatened by his speed oh. and everybody else's, but man, this is just. This is not going to quiet any of the discussion of why do you always lose on details in close games yeah. late? Why is it every time? Yeah. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, offensively, certainly uh, when your head coach is the play caller, he, he's going to have to be held accountable. Uh, we we got to wonder about the quarterback and, and what happened there during the lull in offensive production as well. Play caller probably wasn't very good either, too. No, I, I mean, I think some of that goes hand in hand. I mean, uh, but... Look, it, defensively, I will say, and certainly the last drive, and, and a, a lot of people texting in, you know, Dan Quinn, you got he deserves some blame. Five field goals you held Miami to. Your yeah. offense has got to be better to win that football game. Yeah, that's. I, I think that the one thing, the one way they were going to win this game was their offense was going to have to do it. I, I think they played well against the run today. I, I know there were a couple of runs that pop through 91 yards as a team for I Miami. was I you know what I mean I was expecting a lot worse I'm not going to lie to you about that well I, I think it was yeah I mean the, the biggest issue is after the CD touchdown I think they went their next 12 plays they gained nine yards yeah that's where you lost you yeah. lost on yeah. and there was a lot of double clutching from Dak yeah, yeah. there was just it, it there was poor pass blocking at times they were getting in the backfield sure. quickly but this is a a shared loss we gave so much credit to the offense for the last eight weeks this is a a shared loss where a lot of it, I think, is shouldered on the offense. And okay, there was a little bit of bend, but don't break from the defense. Like, like, and, and, and ultimately, 20. yeah, and ultimately that that can stack up. Like, get off the field on a third down on some of these third downs. That would have been huge. They gave up some third and eights and things like that. That certainly hurt you, but that should but be enough. But you expected so much worse. Yeah, though. I mean, you did. That, yeah, that should have, points. Was, yeah, that should have been enough. Yeah. Your, your offense had an opportunity to make plays. You neglected to get the ball to your best player. That's, you didn't even look the, his way. The, that to me is the headline out yeah. of this. You refused to give C.D. Lamb the ball for most of the yeah. game. Yeah, because you come out of the half, right, and, and you're thinking, oh, no, because the Dolphins were able to get a touchdown right before the half. Your defense comes out, they go four, they, they, they go three and out. Yeah. Your offense then does nothing with the football. Then Miami, another drive, they kick a field goal. Cowboys respond, they kick a field goal. Miami kicks, there were moments where this thing could have gotten out of hand. Your defense kept you alive in the game. If you tell me that in the middle two quarters, Andrew Van Ginkle is going to be targeted more than CeeDee Lamb, I'm going to say you're probably going to lose. And that's what happened. Yeah, it is uh, absolutely mind-blowing that they went away from throwing the football to their best player. It is very, very shocking, but you can't just crawl into a shell offensively and you wonder what the quarterback was seeing though sure you know i mean we're all watching the tv copy quarterback and, and, and play caller yeah you wonder what that what was going on there you better get over the psychological hurdle of playing on the road though because now you're gonna have to do it in the playoffs you've pretty much guaranteed yourself that fate I, I it's gotta be i don't know that they're going to now you're gonna have a chance against washington to maybe go and get a win against a bad football team in the last game of the season i don't think that psychological hurdle is going to be overcome by the time they have to go to Philly or San Fran or whichever team they're going to have to play in the second round of the playoffs. You, you better hope that's Philly, to be honest, because Philly, at least you know you can compete with them up there. That that I don't think they're worried about. Hell, Tampa Bay's looked pretty good the last couple of weeks. Yeah, you know, Tampa you Bay have, run you, the I mean, Jaguars if, today. If they ran the Jaguars and ran the Packers. So, I mean, hey, it's no guarantee going on the road and getting a victory against an, an NFC South It's not South a guarantee. Team. I mean, with the way they're struggling on the road right yeah. now, no. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is. It, it's a team loss. I, I do put more of it on the offense, but the final drive, you needed your defense to make a stop, and they weren't able to. But you did ask them to do a lot 
throughout the entire game. And you keep playing with fire, eventually you're going to end up getting burnt. And they certainly did there. 